Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, and welcome to the 10-Minute Food Truck Training Podcast. My name is Bill Moore. I am a food truck business coach, author of Food Truck 101, Beginner to Winner, and the forthcoming book, Food Truck 201. This podcast is all about helping you start and grow your food truck business. Today is going to be a little departure from my normal podcast format. We're going to probably go a little bit longer than 10 minutes. Today, I'm going to be talking about fake gurus and just straight-up con artists. If you've been listening to me any length of time, you most likely want to learn about food trucks, you already own a food truck, or you're getting ready to start your food truck. My podcast is all about helping you become a great food truck owner. All the books that I've written, they're how-to guides to become a successful food truck owner or even a hot dog cart owner. My YouTube channel, my Facebook group, both have all kinds of free tools to help you guys succeed. However, everything that I offer is predicated on you taking some kind of action. And that action is going to be in the form of really physically hard work. It's going to be emotionally draining, and sometimes it's going to be very, very frustrating. Can you make money? Absolutely. Can you fail and lose everything? Unfortunately, that's also a possibility. I've been in this industry a really long time, and I love what I do. Our industry at its base is just selling delicious food in a fast, friendly manner that encourages people to come back tomorrow. Fairly simple premise. When you take that base ideal and pair it with a well-thought-out plan and then put action on the plan, you most likely are going to have a successful business. But like I said, there will be blood, sweat, and probably some tears along the way. Given what's happened in the last couple of years with COVID and the number of people that have quit their jobs and have decided to get into a new field or become self-employed, our industry is growing by leaps and bounds. When you have growth of this nature and a whole bunch of brand new people getting into an industry, that particular industry then becomes super ripe for picking by scammers and schemers and fake gurus and entrepreneurs and they are invading the food truck landscape in force, and they're coming after your dollars. I'm going to tell you guys right now, there is no magic pill. There is no six-figure BS course. There's no mastermind guru secret group that you have to have permission to get into. There is no surrounding yourself with the right people shortcut that's going to help your business grow any faster than the work you put into it. If you think for one second that there's some secret sauce that only a select few people know and they're going to share it with you for just a low, low price of $9.97, just stop listening, quit wasting your time, because I have no secrets to offer. And why don't I have a secret to offer? Because I've been doing this a really long time. Because there is no secret. Do you think for one second if there was some real true secret to the food truck industry or in restaurants in general that any of the major chains that I've worked for would allow me to continue to live? There are no secrets. I teach the things from what I've learned from all the different restaurants to my own hot dog cart and food trailers. I teach what I've learned. It's not theory. It's not research. It's not hype. And yes, you can do it. You're going to have to work. The policies, the procedures, the methodology, the marketing tactics, the service strategies, the hiring tips, the training systems, all those come from experience. 
I applied what I was taught from the restaurants that I work and I applied it to my food trailers and my hot dog cart and my restaurants. And you know what? It all worked. And I've not had a single death threat from any of those chains about sharing their secrets. So do you understand what I'm saying? There are zero secrets about this industry. You can research everything you want to know about the chains, how they operate, how they train, how they market, how they run social media, and even what they're going to be doing next week. It's all on the internet. If you know where to look, and it's all for free. There's no secret knock you have to do to get into a website. You just click on it and you can read the articles. Really simple. So that brings me to the fake gurus and the contrapreneurs. A contrapreneur is someone whose sole purpose is to cheat you out of your hard-earned cash. That's their whole industry. That's their whole business to con people out of their money. So let's identify the normal traits of a contrapreneur so you know exactly what you're looking for when you see it. If you see three or more of the things that I'm getting ready to list, you're probably dealing with a con artist and they're getting ready to spout something about positivity and smile and look you right in the eye while they're picking your pocket. And these are in no particular order of importance. The first one is they always talk about fake scarcity. Limited time only. Price is going to be going up. When it comes to a physical product like we sell in the food truck industry, it's possible that we have limited amounts of food on our food truck. And we face that every day. When we run out, we run out. We can't help that. But when you're talking about a course that's just electrons floating around the internet, there's no limit on that. A billion people could download it. You can't have fake scarcity when it comes to joining a webinar that's pre-recorded. You can't have fake scarcity when you're joining a webinar that is live. The only limitation would be the number of phone calls they're allowed to accept or the number of people that are dialing in they're allowed to accept. But that's on the person giving the presentation. Zoom allows you to have 100 people on a call. But you know what? If you expect there to be a thousand or even ten thousand, Zoom will let you pay them more money to accommodate those thousand or those ten thousand. So why do you have to act like anything is scarce and limited? No reason to. But when you make it scarce and limited, it gives people that sense of urgency. They're using psychology against you. People hate missing out. So they think they're going to miss out on something. It's only got a few more hours before I can sign up. They feel that urgency and they want to get involved in it. They want to spend that money because now the rational thinking mind has shut down because they feel like they're missing out on something. Their survival instinct has kicked in. So like sheep, they click the button and they sign up for something they really don't understand or really probably don't even want in the first place. This act puts you in the dehumanizing marketing term that's called a sales funnel. The marketer doesn't care about you as a person. They don't care about you as a partner. All they want to do is get your information into their sales funnel because they know if they keep in contact with you enough, they're going to trick you into buying something that's more expensive. And then when you buy that, they'll trick you into buying something else that's more expensive. They're going to be promising one more secret and then you'll reach that success that you haven't gotten from all my other programs. Think of a sales funnel as the aroma that's coming off of your cooking equipment. Hundreds of people might smell that aroma and think, ooh, I'm hungry. I would like to try that food. That aroma is your sales funnel. Now imagine you figure out a way to contain those aromas and only let people smell it if they give you their email or their phone number or some other way to contact them before you allow them to smell it. I'll let you smell my food, but I gotta have your email first. And then once you got the email, you're gonna send them countless more emails saying, hey, we got more stuff for you to smell. Come down and check it out. I hate fake scarcity. The next thing that they do is they'll have deep, deep discounts. The product has some totally made up price and then they will put some fake price as a discount and slash it down to next to nothing. 
that it gives the appearance of the price or the product rather having a huge discount and it being on sale. And usually this pretend new price has some deadline attached to it. You'll see the counter on the, the website you clicked on saying this price is only available for the next two hours or the next 24 hours and the counter's counting down. And again, it's back to that psychology of urgency. It's combined now with the euphoria of getting a deal. Oh, look, it's a thousand dollars off if I buy that now. That's got to be an awesome bargain. And then you feel compelled to buy it because your survival brain's going, hey, it's going to go away. You got to get it now. A disgusting tactic is to say each purchase increases with the next purchaser. I've seen this on two different websites, two different Facebook groups in the last month. It's price starts at a dollar and the next person's going to be $2, the next person $3. How cruel is that? The only person that benefits is who? It's not you as the purchaser because there's other people that came before you that got it cheaper. So you've been ripped off. The program doesn't increase in value because there's more people going to it. The only person that benefits on that scheme is the person collecting the money. If the course has a value, it has a static value. It can't go up because more people are interested in it. That's a marketing tactic and it's cruel. So think about that in terms of a food truck. We have a limited amount of food we can sell, so let's start the hamburger at $7 today. First person that buys it gets $7. The next dude that comes, hey, it's got to be $8. Next dude's got to be $9. Do you think for one second that makes sense to anybody? Do you think those people are going to be happy with your food and come back tomorrow? No, they're not. The only people that like that kind of a scheme are the people that are charging the price for it. Creating a bad feeling about your product among the people that are buying it is not a sound strategy. And yet there's people that pretend that they're marketing gurus and they're doing just that. If they're creating their own stupid policy for pricing, why in the world would you listen to them when they're saying, here, if you do this and this, I'll get you more business. Prove it. Prove it with your own marketing scheme with your course. Prove that. I can promise you there's no information out there that's worth $500 or $1,500 for a handful of videos and a couple of PDFs. Not worth it. Every single thing that's on those can be researched yourself. The only thing they've done is gathered the information from publicly known sources and then just re-read it or regurgitated it, created a video and says, hey, I got this awesome thing. Download it for $1,500. Don't fall for it. They overuse terms like mastermind or massive action. All the buzzwords of the gurus. These terms in and of themselves are not bad, but when they're used in ad copy multiple times, they're just flat out annoying. To be called a mastermind is something that's earned. It's not something that's assigned by somebody. One of the things that I absolutely hate is somebody will take something innocuous and then add an idiot term at the end of it that's adversarial. Like they'll put mafia, join my mafia group, join my syndicate. Those things aren't business terms. Those things aren't even worthy of being in. Do you want to be a part of the mafia? Does it make you feel good to think you're going to be doing illegal things? If you want to just call it the mafioso and say, well, it's just a family name. No, it's not. Words have meanings. Use the words the way they're intended to be used. If you want to be a part of a group, then call yourself a group. But you can't be called a mastermind because you assign that name to yourself. You earn it. And you earn it through the proof of your actions. 
So what are the qualifications of a mastermind? Or more specifically, the qualifications of a mastermind group? I don't know. Do you know? Wouldn't the addition of the people that are not masterminds in a group that claims to have masterminds in it actually dumb down the quality of the group? So if it takes a mastermind with an IQ of a 200, when you start bringing in people that have IQs of 70, it brings down the total IQ of the group. The group can no longer be called a mastermind group because there's people in the group that are not masterminds. You've effectively diluted the mastermind potential. And here's the thing about masterminds. They're just comedic criminals in a bad spy movie, and that's where they need to be left. How about massive action? Does that word mean anything to you? How do you differentiate tiny action from massive action? Isn't it all relative? In my experience, tiny action can have a bigger, more measurable impact than a larger massive action. Moving a pan of shredded lettuce, for instance, if you move it just one slot, to create better reachability and you're not spilling the little shards of the shredded lettuce into mayonnaise, for instance, that can be a big impact on your business. It can be a big impact on your food cost. It could be a big impact on your speed of service. But that's a little teeny tiny action. And it definitely would have more impact than rearranging the whole prep table. Action is relative. Just keep yourself moving forward and make things better for your business each and every day. A 1% improvement every day is way better than a massive improvement once a month. You can do the math on that. There are other buzzwords that are used by marketers and people that want to have their hand in your wallet, but you get the idea. When they start spouting out the buzzwords, they're a contrapreneur. Another very, really sad trait of an entrepreneur or a fake guru is they call people that disagree with them haters or the more current and equally childish term, you're a Karen. A difference in opinion is different than giving bad advice or illegal advice or being called out on giving bad advice or illegal advice. Most gurus have a whatever it takes attitude and that's admirable, except they have no ethics and no morals. So they become bullies and they bulldoze people that refuse to be lemmings and just fall off the cliff over their great idea. Whatever it takes attitude must be tempered with morality, legality, and ethics. And clearly, if you have to call somebody a name like you're a hater, you're a Karen, just shut up. That's neither moral nor ethical. But it does get the lemmings that follow you around chirping going, oh, you're so awesome. No, you're an idiot. Another tactic these fakers will do is use the search engine algorithms to control negative articles and posts about them. So if you're looking into a guru and you put their name in the word scam or the, the word negative review or bad review, and the first couple of things that come up about them are under their control, they've been messing around with the search engine SEO to make sure that when someone searches, is this person a scam? Is this group a scam? They have that article they control saying, no, they're not a scam. They're really wholesome and good people and will help you out. So it makes people that are interested in purchasing go, well, what? They even say they're not a scam. Or they'll even set up a website that has their name in it and then the word scam after it and they control the whole website. All you got to do is look in the information about the website and see who the actual owner is. But when scammers and entrepreneurs and fake gurus have a lot of the things I've mentioned so far, don't buy the program. Contrapreneurs do not have your best interest at heart. They have their bank account interest at their heart. The next thing that these fakers do is they stack lots of freebie products on their offer to imply more value without really giving any substance. All of these freebies are, are to justify the nonsensical high price. I took a recent and 
utterly laughable ad somebody was running and use their inflated pricing to assign value to the things that I do and the things that I do for free. F-R-E-E. After running these idiotic prices against my YouTube channel, this podcast, my Facebook group videos, my blog, that has all kinds of free spreadsheets and contracts, I have given away over a half a million dollars in free products. Do I think for one second that I have done that? No, I'm not stupid. Honestly, any information in the world only has two values. It's zero or it's priceless. You can buy my book and the workbook for about 40 bucks and don't do anything with it. Well, the value of that book is zero and that's on you. On the other hand, if you pay attention and do the hard work and write down the things you're supposed to be writing down and then get out there off your couch and go do the actions that are in the workbook, you're going to achieve your definition of success and that's going to be priceless to you. And that's for any course that's out there. It's either worth nothing or it's worth everything. It's either zero or it's priceless. And the same thing applies to my $249 course, which includes my book, a whole bunch of spreadsheets, contracts, and eight hours of live one-on-one training with me, not pre-recorded crap, not a group. Let's get 20 people together and, and we'll have a coaching. You can't coach like that because every person in that 20 people has a different need, a different want, a different desire for their business. You cannot coach effectively like that. That is just a way for you to make more money as a coach by saying, hey, let's get all together and we'll just talk about our feelings and and we'll make everything good for you. Doesn't work. You're in a business. I had a ridiculously high-priced coach tell me that I should be charging at least $5,000 for what I do. You know what the first thing I did was? I fired him as a coach. Information is exactly like Schrodinger's cat. It's both worthless and priceless at the exact same time. And the difference is what the user does with it. Another psychological tactic is pricing on the seven. Supposedly that number encourages people to buy. Not the perceived value of the product, but the number encourages a purchase. Is that just not crazy? When you see that seven in an information package price, you can rest assured the information is as valuable as the research on pricing on the seven. Here's why pricing on the seven can't be researched and can't be proven to be the most liked number that people are going to buy. First reason is the biggest retail outlet in the world, Walmart, prices on the seven. They do that not because you guys are going to buy more stuff, They do it because it's a way for them to defeat the manufacturer's suggested retail price. Like if you go and buy an Xbox, Xbox says it must be $5.99 on your shelves. Well, Walmart says, well, we can't do that, but we'll do $5.99.97. So now they've got the seven in there. It's not because it's going to make you buy it. It's because it's a couple of pennies less than everybody else is going to be charging for it. Because the manufacturer dictated the price. And then Walmart just carries that theme all through all their products. Everything is priced on the seven. But there are companies out there that use the last digit to help identify price within their employees. If it's priced on the nine, that means it's the normal product, normal price. If it's priced on the eight, and then it could be coupled with, you know, tens of dollars off or hundreds of dollars off the original price. The eight indicates that the product is going to be changed. There's a newer model coming soon. So we've got to move this one out, but also lets the employees answer questions about that particular product knowing that this one is not going to be on our shelves much longer 
And then if they price on the 7, this one particular company, that product is being discontinued and will no longer be on their shelves. So it's effectively a clearance sale price to get it out of there. Has nothing to do with people going to look at that 7 and go, Ooh, I'm saving 2 cents. Or I'm saving $2. Let's buy it. People aren't that dumb. Researchers are, but people aren't. But you know, when you're planning to be a contrepreneur and not really offer anything of value... You just fall for any research that's out there because your own research is faulty. Your own product is faulty. And all they're doing is following all the pioneer entrepreneurs that went before them. And here's one that just gets my goat. In groups, entrepreneurs ask questions to start a conversation and then include some version of comment if you want in. Raise your hand and I'll help you. Comment if you want more info. And this is nothing more than asking you for your own permission to spam you. Once you answer anything that they've asked, you're going to be PM'd the sales pitch, or you're going to be included in the next event invite list. That event is going to be little more than a veiled infomercial. Here's two minutes of semi-useful information wrapped around 10 minutes of sales pitch. If the product worked as they promised, why do they need to use such tactics? The line should already be down the road if the product was as good as their commercials are. And if you're marketing a product, why don't they just use their own product to sell more products? I mean, if you're a marketer, wouldn't that work? If you have such a genius way of doing things, wouldn't you just do that and sell the product? And they probably are, except they're failing because their material is faulty to begin with. So that's why it has to cost $1,500. Here's another interesting trait that entrepreneurs have. They all have a phoenix story. Some emotionally gripping tale of rising from the ashes and they went through a divorce or job loss or they lost loved ones. They have a business failure. They went bankrupt. And then lo and behold, one day the clouds parted. A rainbow appeared and all was good because of one little trick they learned and now they're going to share that trick with you. Or they want to help you shorten your learning process by sharing all the thousand mistakes they made so you don't have to learn the way they did. Except when they strip you of the opportunity to learn from doing, they actually are inhibiting your success. If you don't understand why you must do things the way you do them, you can never reach the full benefit of having done the task to begin with. Your intensity and your performance is hollow because you haven't survived the difficulties. And you'll never reach the heights you deserve because you haven't faced those difficulties. My background is I'm a proud hillbilly from Kentucky. I talk like the dudes from Mountain Monsters or the people from Moonshiners. I have that country accent, and it comes out a lot. I played on collapsed cold tipple shoots. If you don't know what those are, look them up. We had a garden, not because we wanted organic homegrown food. We had one because that's what we needed to eat. If we didn't grow our own vegetables, we weren't having vegetables. We traded our eggs to get other foods that we didn't grow or to get meat. The neighbor slaughters a cow. We trade them eggs to get some hamburger and steaks and that kind of thing. Or the neighbor down the holler slaughtered a pig and we would trade eggs to get that. We traded eggs to get honey because we had several dozen chickens. I was weeding a garden from the time I could walk. My parents stayed married until they died. I did good in school. I left every single job I've ever had because I wanted to. I wanted more challenges. I wanted to do other things. I have no Phoenix story. I've not failed anywhere. I've not been bankrupt. I've not lived in a tar paper shack on the riverbank. I've had bad things happen in my life, but you know what? I didn't focus on them, and I suspect you've had bad things too. I choose to focus on what I can do rather than what I can't do. There's always opportunities. You just need to go out and find them. Go out and make it happen. My story of my life should not encourage you or discourage you. You have control of your own life. 
get out there and make it happen. And the last thing on my entrepreneur bingo card is that long, long ad copy that they all do. And you know the type I'm talking about. They send you an email that has one sentence, one space, one sentence, one space, all the way down. It has maybe two, three hundred words, but you have to scroll and scroll and scroll to get to the bottom. That's one idiot technique they do. The landing page, if you go to the website, is 20,000 words. And it's vague promises of what your results will be and what their program will do for you. And then it's mixed in with scrolling, scrolling, scrolling of social media proof and video testimony of how awesome the course is. But the people that are giving the video testimony never really show anything that says, hey, here is my bank account. And if they do show you a bank account, you can Google those and get whatever you want as a photograph of Square and its reporting. You can get it of any cash register reporting. You can get it from bank accounts. It can all be done with Photoshop. But if you go to look up those people, their businesses just don't exist. Their businesses are closed. Well, how useful was that program? They never show major results, and if they do show results that are provable, you can be guaranteed they're cherry-picked. And as you're scrolling, scrolling, scrolling through the 20,000 words, there'll be 18 different buy buttons. Buy now. Buy now. For the low, low price of. For the next hour, it will be this price. And then you get to the bottom, and there's 20 bonuses that are supposedly worth thousands of dollars each, and they're all for free if you buy now. All the garbage to make it look like you're buying something worthwhile. People fall for entrepreneurs every single day. Here's the question to ask any one of them, especially when they're dealing with folks in the food truck industry. If your food truck is so successful, how do you have time to write a course or run this group that you run? I can assure you, when I ran my restaurants and food trailers, I had zero time to write a book. I had zero time to make a video. Because why? I was focused on the business and making it better than it was yesterday. I did all the stuff I do now, all the books and all the videos and the Facebook group, all of that was after I retired so that I could focus 100% on that stuff to help you guys out. I tell you guys, and I've said this on other podcasts, you need to be 100% present in every single thing that you do. It is impossible to turn off, I'm a builder, or turn off, I'm a food truck owner, and then turn on, I'm a teacher, and then still be the best at both. You can't do it. You're either the best builder, you're either the best food truck owner, or you're the best teacher of some marketing. But you cannot do both. Because think about it. Essentially, both of those things, if you are a food truck builder or you are a food truck owner and you decide, I'm going to be a teacher and I'm going to be a coach and I'm going to help you be successful, those are part-time jobs now. Which one is faltering? Which one is not getting the best attention? Is it the building part? The food part? Is it the marketing part? Is it the course part? Where are you not getting the benefit? Guarantee it's going to be you. Because they're not making the money off of selling a course. They're making the money off the big ticket item. You can't be great at two things at once. So if you really think you can be good at two things at the same time and be the best at them, think about somebody like Bo Jackson, who tried to play football and play baseball. He was a football player that wanted to be a baseball player. He was an athlete, very good athlete in football, not so hot in baseball. Did okay, wasn't great at it. You can only focus on one thing at a time and be the best at it. Anybody that's telling you that I run this business and I'm going to teach you how to do this. No. Run your own business, dude. Be the best that you can be at that. And then when you're done with it, teach me what you did. Because then you can be the best at being a teacher. So don't learn from a part-timer. Because that's what they are. Focus on one thing at a time. You guys be the best at it. And really, we should teach all the entrepreneurs to take their own advice. Surround yourself with great people. 
but stay focused on one thing. Thank you guys so much for listening to this extremely long 10-minute food truck training podcast. If you're finding all the information helpful to your business, please become a monthly supporter of the podcast. Just hit the support button and follow the link in the description. Every little bit does help keep us going. Join our Facebook group. It's called Food Truck Training. We have a whole bunch of awesome members at all different levels from brand new beginners to decades old veterans. They've all got your back when it comes to helping you and your food truck business. And again, thank you guys for listening. Come back tomorrow because you know I've got plenty more to say about you and your food truck.